Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. Well, here we go again. A brand new year is right around the corner. And even if you're not among the 68% of people that make financial New Year's resolutions, you should still look ahead and plan some money moves for the new year, at least if you want to be richer at the end of it. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hey, Stacy. Let's uh, let's roll into this new year, right? Let's do it. And this week, we've got two of our favorite financial advisors with us. Uh, we've got Pam Kruger from WealthRamp. Hello, Pam. Hello, Stacy, and everybody. And Eric Olson from. <laughs> Eric, you want me to where say are it? you from again? Arate Well, Arate Well. Arate Well, which Stacy Johnson cannot pronounce, even when it's written in front of him. Okay, before we start our podcast today, folks, remember that even though we may mention specific investments in this podcast, we are not giving you financial advice. Why? Because we don't know you. So please make sure to do your own research, make your own decisions, and be responsible for your own money. Okay, let's dive in. Before we start about things to do at the beginning at the beginning of the year, I would like to ask both or all three of our panelists here where they think the market's going to go next year. Just give me a quick up, down, sideways. What do you think? Eric, you first. I think by the end of 2023, the market will be higher than it is right now. Okay. Pam? I hate to say this, but I don't really care. Because the more I focus on what's going to happen in the next six months, even a year, the more I make ridiculous decisions. I'd rather just say, I'm going to watch it. I'm investing for the long haul. And that's my that's my boring MO. Well, j- just to recap, I've invited on my show a person who doesn't care about what's happening to the stock market next year. Just saying. Day to day. You have that on your show every week, Stacey. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of which, Miranda. <laughs> What do you think the stock market's going to do next year? I am right there with Pam. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of don't care. Um, I, as as per usual, like I don't know, right? I I don't know if we're going to see a drop. We've been waiting for a real solid, true drop for quite some time. Um, it's it's been in the offing, and we see flash crashes and we see short term drops. Uh, but you know, today while we're recording. Here on November 18th, 2022, the Dow is above 33,000. The S&P is getting back up close to 4,000. And we haven't really seen the true drop. And are we going to see the true drop? I don't know. Uh, U.S. monetary policy seems entirely focused on propping up the stock market at all <laughs> at all costs. So I am continuing with my my long-term plan, which is dollar cost averaging and having a little bit of money on the side to get into something interesting if the opportunity arises. Well, let me let me and- do something that you guys are reluctant to do and make an actual prediction, which you could keep be being wrong. wrong about these states. I'm rarely wrong. I called I called Bring the uh, okay, okay. The, the, the S&P is, is going to hit about 4,000, maybe 4,200, and that's going to go back and, and test the lows of about 3,500. That's what I think is going to happen. And okay, I do so think we're going to we have a recession as well. Are we going to check, check back, back in, in with me. you a year from, you know, and, and actually measure? I mean, all the people who make prognostications, do we ever really fact check them? No. 
It's well, just, okay. We Fact like check to me. say what we think is going to happen. Well, now, okay. now remember, I, 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 I don't think the market's going to be, a, I don't think it's going to be at 3,400, 3, 3,500 at the end of next year. I think that's what's going to happen in the near term. And I actually do, I, and I put on hedges because I have a lot of money in the stock market. I put on hedges, not huge hedges, but like, in other words, I'll buy investments that go up in value when the market goes down to hedge the, because I have a lot of money in technology stocks. So I'm, I'll do hedges. So point is, you guys are boring and I'm not. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's right. <laughs> this, is no question about this is true. This is dollar true. Dollar cost averaging, I'm with Miranda. Yes, well, dollar, ca- dollar cast averaging is obviously a great is a great technique. It's one of the only proven techniques to make money in the stock the market or anything else that fluctuates Especially in for regular people. Yeah, but don't ever call me a regular person, okay? <laughs> okay, now let's do what we came here to do. Let's start doing what we came here to do. It's November 18th, or 2022. I was about to say 1922. Uh, and we're, we're going to give people tips, which we do every year, actually, about this time, on what they should be doing for next year so they end the year richer than they began it. So l- let's have some specific tips. Eric, your, your first specific tip. What, what should I do next year to be richer at the end of it? Well, I I don't know if you'll be richer by the end of it, but I do think it's a it, we just need to acknowledge one really wonderful opportunity that we all have right now, which is a, a tax rate marginal tax rates that are uh, lower through the at least as currently legislated through the end of 2025. So for those people who are contemplating possibly doing Roth conversions at any point in the near future then times when market rate or pardon me marginal rates are lower to begin with uh, that's a that's a good opportunity but it's even better when markets have come down because then if your intent is to have the experience the recovery within your Roth rather than let's say within your IRA what what better time to make those conversions than when markets are down? That's not a uniform principle, by the way. Every client circumstance is different, but I do think markets are down, tax rates are down. This is something that every client I would be encouraging to look at whether it makes sense to do that in 2023. Miranda, okay, give us give us one thing you would suggest for 2023. Yeah, so one of my favorite things to do is to review. Okay, where. We've talked about this. I do the dollar cost averaging and and so I automatically and it's and it's with my automatic investment account. And so I like to, at the end of the year, review how much I'm go- is going into these accounts, whether it makes sense and whether I need to make adjustments. So for instance, I might say, okay, uh, I'm putting X dollars into my uh, SEP IRA, my SCP IRA, uh, but I might, I'm putting this much into my SEP IRA. Am I on track for my retirement goals? Maybe I could be putting a little bit more in, or maybe I could say, oh, I am definitely on track. It's growing at a good rate. Maybe I take some of that money, put it into my travel fund uh, goal uh, that I use in a taxable investment account. So I really think now is a good time to say- So kind of like a year in review on your investments. Yeah. And and can can I- Put a little bit more in. Um, a lot of the time, I find that okay, I'm I'm not putting money into these things that are important for me, and and can I bump it up just a little bit, uh, even if it's by saying, all right, I'm just going to put an extra fifty bucks a month in to this goal. Uh, look for ways. Look to see if you have a little extra money to bump up your investment accounts, because um, if we are going to see uh, some, you know, if we are going to see a bit of a downturn, getting that automatic dollar cost averaging set up to take advantage of that now is 
is, is going to benefit you later. I, I made a list. I've got 14 things on my list. So let, me, mm. let me just throw one or two out. How about this? Shopping for a higher rate on your savings. I mean, if you're still at a bank savings oh, yeah. account earning 0 0.01, shame on you. Because you can get three, I'm getting 3.7% in a, in a money market mutual fund at one of my brokerage accounts. 4%. But you, but you can get a, you can get 4% on T-bills. And, and that's, that's, believe it or not, technically even safer than a bank savings account. So do not let the, you know what these banks are doing, folks? They're paying you 0.01% uh, and they're getting 5 or 4% from the Fed. What, what a nice job to have if you can get it. So, you know, don't let them do that to you. Go out, shop for, shop for a better savings rate. And they're out there. And you can find, actually, Money Talks News. We have a, we have a page of, of, uh, of bank, you know, be, the best bank rates, the best uh, savings account rates that you can find. And, and, and but even if you don't use our site, use some site. Find, find a better savings rate. You guys agree with that? Yes, yeah, I absolutely. do. And you, since we're too. on that, yes, Pam, yeah, I was going to say I-bonds. We were just helping yep. clients there as the end of October approach to really put some money to work when those rates were in the nines and now they're still in the sixes. So if you have purposes that are longer duration before you would be taking that money out, you might do well with that. Cool. Yeah, we're going to take a really quick break here. But when we come back from that break, I'm going to tell you why the end of the year is the perfect time to be reviewing your financial situation. We're going to be right back. Okay, we are back. Uh, and I told you, I promised I would tell you why now is the perfect time. And this is true. Here's what happens at the end of the year. It's the holidays, right? And you've got family coming over. And you've got friends coming over that you may not really want to see that much. But you might even have people staying at your house. Okay? So what I do is I say, gosh, I would love to sit here and listen to all your problems. But I've got to catch up with some stuff in my office. I mean, it's... It's the end of the year. I've got to do some stuff, but I'll be right back. Then you go in your office, you do a little thing, and you watch a little football, you know, and you have a couple of drinks, and then you go back, and your family's much easier to take. So that's <laughs> why the end of the year is the perfect time to do this sort of financial planning. <laughs> okay, now more, more advice, guys. I need more specifics. What else, what else should I be doing at the end of the year? What, else should, what should I be reviewing? Well, if it's year end, and as opposed to this thinking more in terms of 2023. Either way, either way. All right. One of the things that we're really focused on right now is tax loss harvesting. Ah, yes. And, That's and end of the year. A, yeah. Right? And just as a side note, um, we will have an episode coming up very soon about tax things you can do at the end of the year. So oh, we are? Then cool. I won't bear yep. it down onto that topic then. <laughs> no, no, no. Explain <laughs> but, but tax loss idea. harvesting. Yeah, yeah. Just give an overview. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just I'm just letting the people know to be prepared. Oh, well, then they can go deeper coming. with you. Yeah, sure, yes, great. Yes. So, in a nutshell, it is when markets have come down like this, uh, you have an opportunity without necessarily exiting this exiting the market, just exiting a position that has an unrealized loss, converting that into a realized loss, and being able to use some of that either now or later by putting it into your your capital loss piggy bank and waiting until such a time as you have some capital gains that you need to offset, whip out that capital loss piggy bank, throw that down on the table right next to all those gains and boom, you, you neutralize those gains and then won't have to pay taxes on those in the future. Yeah. So, or you can use it to offset up to $3,000 of your income, your losses, right? There you go. And if you've got any crypto, the odds are good. You've got losses. And let me tell you something about crypto, too, folks. If you've got crypto, there are no watch sale rules. What I mean by that is when you sell something at a loss, a stock, 
you can't buy that back for 30 days because otherwise you just sell the stock at lost buy it back one second later and then you haven't really i mean you still own the stock uh and it, but and so that's why they won't let you buy it back for 30 days but crypto, it doesn't have that rule. So you could literally, if you've got a $10,000 loss on crypto, you could sell that crypto and buy it back one second later. You still own the exact same amount of crypto, but now you've got a $10,000 tax write-off. That's pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. and, and I happen to have a, a tax write-off from crypto, <laughs> which I intend to take. Oh, yeah. So no, but I'm, that is really important point about crypto. Uh, yeah. We call it crypto washing, and I will, I will link to an article I wrote about that. Oh, cool! Oh, fantastic! In, in, in the uh, in cool. the notes. Yeah, Miranda is our crypto expert. So there's another that I would say, whether it's year end or early 2023, it's more a function not of the what page is on the calendar, and it's more a function of the fact that right now mortgage interest rates are pretty high. If you have been a recent purchaser in the, and have been confronted with these higher rates. Mm -hmm. What I'm now telling clients, which I wouldn't say to those clients that have locked in a really low rate, but as if you have surplus cash, you might want to want to direct that straight into that mortgage because whatever, let's say you have a 7% mortgage because they, they did hit that rate here recently. Yeah. Yikes. You have a 7% mortgage. You know, every extra dollar that you put in there, if let's say it was a 30 year mortgage, every extra dollar is going to be earning you seven cents for the next, how many ever, 29 years uh, in avoided interest. And so on that basis, if you can get that risk free, you know precisely what that return is. That's that's a that's an attractive return You're on right. a sustained basis. And actually, Eric, on my list was pay off debt, period. Yep. Oh, there you go. You know, make, make it a, you know, one, and another one, create a budget, you know, so you know where your money's going. And when you find extra money in that budget that you create, use it to pay off debt, because obviously interest rates have gone up, not just on mortgages, as Eric said, but on credit cards and everything else. And that, that is like a ball and chain. Get rid of the interest if you possibly can. Make it a goal. And, and as Miranda would say, make it a specific goal and, and, and go, to, go at it every month. Wait, now, let, me, let me ask you guys a question. You've got, you've got uh, 200 bucks extra every month. Do you use it to invest or do you use it to pay off debt? Is that directed oh. to me? It's directed to anybody who chooses <laughs> I, yeah. to, I, I, to answer. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll stab at that first. I, I, I would say, you know, especially for younger people who need to build wealth over time, I say do both. Um, because if you're um, younger, then, you know, putting that money to work for you is super important to not completely, uh, you know, uh, miss the opportunity for all that compounding over time, the eighth wonder of the world. But at the same time, paying down debt aggressively. And there's multiple different ways to do that and tips on, on how to pay down that debt in smart ways, the snowball effect, whatever it might be. If you're older, then, you know, you're talking about your mortgage and so forth. Then I would say that it's more important to put that money um, toward paying down the debt. Yeah. Now, now we now one caveat though, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Pam. Say, tell me if you don't. But if you if you've got a ma matching at your work for your 401k, always contribute as much as you can to get that match. That's free money. Oh, this is assuming you've already maxed out your 401k for the matching purposes. Oh, okay. at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's another goal you should have too. See what see what your employer matches because you've probably actually, forgotten, and and then and make sure that you're putting in enough to get that match. And, and actually, while we're talking about that employer contribution and um, your, sorry, your employee contribution or whatever contribution, 
check those contribution limits. They've gone up. Your HSA contribution has gone up. Your limit has gone up um, for your other accounts. So check those contribution limits and make those automatic adjustments now to kick in at the beginning of the year so that you are contributing a little bit more uh, since those contribution mm-hmm. limits have gone off. I'm I'm already looking into the HSA contribution and saying, okay, this is how much extra I can put toward that in the new year. And I am setting up my automatic contributions to reflect that. Well, let's talk a little bit too. And, and this is actually something I do. Um, every year I, I try to look, look over my insurance. So in fact, umbrella is let's cut some cost. Because if we can cut some costs, we can use that money to retire debt or maybe to invest, right? So how do, yep. how do we cut costs? We look at all of our expenses. But what I do every year, every December, as a matter of fact, um, is every other year, I look at my, my home and car insurance. And then the, the other year, I look at life and health. So just make sure you're getting the best deal that you can. And now it's relatively easy to do that, too, with all these things they have online. We have it again at MoneyTalksNews.com, where you can where you can search different insurance companies to make sure you're getting the best deal on your car insurance or your home insurance. Uh, and then you could also, if, if you're a person who has health outside of their job where you have to buy it yourself, you can also search for that. And you can look at life insurance, too. whatever kind of insurance you have, because uh, you're putting a lot of money into insurance. And insurance companies know there's a huge pain in the butt for you to switch. So that's why they can jack the rates every year. You don't go anywhere. So don't let them play that game either. Shop those rates and make sure you're getting the best deal. You might find yourself saving hundreds of dollars that could go into a much better place. And just piling on to opportunities for 2023, uh, the last couple of tidbits that I think of and have been thinking about for myself and for, you know, today's situation is, you know, taking advantage of the higher contribution limits. That's for sure. Doing what Stacy said, which is really shop around and really find online banks are going to pay you much higher. If you're comfortable with an FDIC insured short term, you know, kind of CD account, maybe make a ladder, build a ladder, stagnate those maturity dates to get the most that you can out of those cat and manage your cash flow better with higher yields. And then on the investing side, you know, I think everyone agrees. I know Eric agrees with this because I've talked to him about it, but so is everybody else. They're most advisors in my network are really tilting toward high quality uh, stock. When it comes to your portfolio and tweaking your investment portfolio, kind of really looking at what you have. And if you are going to make adjustments or new investments, new money coming in, um, it's kind of that tilt toward the companies that are already profitable, not the ones that are telling you they may be profitable down the road, but the ones that are already making money and maybe paying dividends. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. So we, I want to extend the principle that you earlier gave, which was to pay down, at least leaving aside for the moment, the mortgage, which is a little bit more individualized, but any sort of consumer debt, just paying that down. I, I am a huge champion and in clients' lives of going beyond paying down your debt and getting that next big purchase that you know you're going to make, getting the cash lined up so that you can do that with cash when the time comes. So if you know you're going to be periodically replacing a car, be building a cash position so that when it's time to do that, you just walk in and and hand down the cash, or at least you could if they're not not offering you, let's say, a 0% rate. And similarly, with if you're going 
going to replace the roof at some point. Are you going to whatever is on that list of things that you know are coming and are bigger, lumpier expenses to be able to earmark your cash for those those eventual expenses? I think puts you in a driver's seat and really takes a lot of the stress out of of what, wondering what will happen if it's something the the car breaks down and you've got to replace it sooner than you thought. Yeah. I, that's one of the things on my list too, Eric, was build your emergency savings. And and um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a uh, podcast on how to benefit from a recession, uh, how to make money from a recession. And one of those mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, to buy things when they're low, buy stocks when they're low, buy real estate when it's low. And the only way you can do that is by stockpiling cash. You know? mm-hmm. But now, I granted too, we're also telling everybody out there, hey, pay off debt. Uh, oh, and also save cash. Well, you, obviously, you can't do right a lot there. of these things at the same time. Right. But you know, decide what's important to you, and then and then try to earmark your money accordingly. Uh, so, uh, what what else do we have? We don't have a whole bunch more time. Well, but we I have want, a just more. want. Oh uh, yeah, if we're running. No, no, time, go I'll ahead, just, go ahead. We got time. Well, insofar as we were talking a little bit earlier about market prognostications, it's that's a little dicier, of course. And you know, went out on a limb and said what we think. But I think on the the we can say I think with a bit more. Um, confidence that will be right about this is that there's probably recession coming in 2023. All of the uh, usual sort of pre- sort of precursors to that, including every single one of the various yield curve measurements that you can look at, including what I consider to be the most accurate, the 10 year versus the three month. Oh, the three month against okay. the three month. That's now down too. So if that's coming and you're in a recession sensitive job or industry. You might be, you know, wanting to think a, a little differently than, let's say, somebody who has a guaranteed job under any circumstances. And and so there, too, just thinking, OK, what then scenarios might play out for me in my work and in my industry? And how will I be prepared for that if it does come around? Exceptionally good advice. You know, there, there used to be advice to have uh, six months living expenses in an emergency fund. And, and obviously, it's not bad advice. But. It, it, you know, if you've worked at the DMV for 20 years, your situation is a lot different than somebody who just got hired three months ago at a job that may fold. Um, so, you know, the, the more the more exactly. in, indefinite your situation, the more cushion you need. Yeah, right? and the old and the, and the closer you get to retirement. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of having uh, one to two years worth of cash cash draws, you know, available to me now that now that yields are a little bit higher. And I'm just going to leave you with one last tip that comes from me. Of course, I'm going to say this, but you know, control what you can control. And if you are seeking out advice, if you are looking advice, um, get really good advice. Stop, take your time, be very thoughtful about it. Don't just, don't just sit down and, and hire somebody. Really get good, seek out really high quality advice. Yeah, you know, Pam, I know that obviously um, this is what Pam does for a living, as we explained before. But, you know, I, I find myself, I'm 67 years old, not about to retire um, because I'd go crazy. But uh, but nonetheless, I've been managing money and giving financial advice for 40 years. Mm. Uh, and, and I've thought recently about talking to a financial advisor. And the reason why is because my wife doesn't know anything about it. Uh, and first of all, when, once you get a sizable, exactly. your nest egg gets bigger, your mistakes yeah. could be more pronounced. You know, yeah. and so you, you don't want, have time to make up for it. Yeah. And I want to have somebody say, Stacy, you're doing a good job, uh, which yeah. actually. Truth be told, I did have someone do that about a year ago because it was it was yeah. a promotion somebody gave me. And so I did it. And, and that was fine. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is if I should drop dead, I would like there to be somebody in the wings. Exactly. So my wife doesn't exactly. get ripped off by some, you know, ne'er-do-well. 
You got to. Okay, so I'm a matchmaker for people looking for financial advisors. Stacy, if I'm the matchmaker right now, honest to God, I'm telling you right now, I would match you to Eric. There's a million reasons. I'm telling you, there's a million reasons. I don't know. He seems a little conservative to me. Kind of sketchy. (laughs) That's that's not bad for you. (laughs) No, it's not bad for me. And you know, I I do do a lot. Not a lot. I do some gambling in the market, but but I want to make sure that everybody. And when I say gambling, I don't think stocks are gambling at all. I do some things that could be considered gambling that are a little more risky than normal investing. But most of what I own is blue chips. But I want to make sure. I want to make sure everybody understands. This is a very small part of my portfolio. Like crypto, crypto is less than one percent, half a percent of my portfolio. Uh, so yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't gamble uh, much. I mean, I do a little, just like when I go to Vegas. Too much. I'll, well, I'll bring five hundred bucks. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not gambling. Right. I am, and and it lasts me usually about twelve minutes. Um, but you know, but I, I want to make sure that people don't think I'm out here, you know, rolling dice all the time because I'm really not. I'm pretty concerned. We know investment. how fun you are. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. You know, I want to speak to younger listeners, okay? Uh, because we are most of the conversation that I have day to day is with people who are later in their careers or have actually entered into retirement, and so they're looking at this one way. But for those that are younger, I, you should actually rejoice when markets come down, precisely exactly. for the reasons that Miranda gave earlier, because you're able to buy with that same dollar that you put into the markets rather than one share of something. You'll buy two shares of it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's now that's now in the reservoir of your assets, where it would have cost you twice as much before. Now, just g- give it time. The best thing that could happen, actually, for somebody who's twenty five, thirty, thirty five, is a sustained period where markets are really difficult, and you just get, get to continue to buy at really nice, attractive levels. That's that's really great advice, Eric. Oh, and I have one more thing I wanted to say too. Create a net worth statement. Do you guys do that? I, I figure yes. out my net worth at the end of every month. Do you guys do that? Not at the end of every month. Not monthly. No. No, I was just I do it every, every month. year. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, do, I do it every, every month. Every if, year. I do it every month if my net worth is going up because it makes me feel better. No, but no, I, I think it's really important to do it. But for those of you listening, if you have, if you've never done this before, all you're doing is listing what you own and what you owe. And when you subtract what you owe from what you own, that's your net worth. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and when you at the end of the year, do debt, that. When you're paying down that debt, there's there's no better feeling. Than watching that network change, it's it's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and I, I've been doing that every month for mm, ten years minimum, and and I've kept it all on a spreadsheet so I can see how much my net worth has grown from ten years ago. Anyway, I advise people to to create a net worth statement for themselves. It's easy to do, and it gives you lets you know where you're at. Oh, by the way, I did this again mm-hmm. the last time we did a podcast together. I did the same thing. Eric, tell us who you are again and, and why you're, you know, what makes you a financial expert? <laughs> well, I don't know uh, that I'll use the term expert, but I've been advising clients who are looking for help with trying to make sense of the retirement income uh, maze and do that in a way that has a lot of uh, tax edge to it so that they can come out ahead and uh, hopefully keep more of what otherwise might have needlessly drifted off to the hands of the IRS. Now, are you a CPA, CFP? CFP, yes, I am. CFP, okay. Uh, and so you you basically help people manage their money. Mm-hmm. That is well. And Pam helps people find you. Pam, tell us about yourself. That's right. Yeah, Eric is an advisor in the WealthRap Network, and as you probably know by now, um, I connect. My whole world and my whole life is about connecting individuals to the right individual advisors and advisory firms that are independent, fee only, and fiduciary. So, for me going into 
this next year, my first off the top of my head advice is to focus on making incremental adjustments and changes because there's a temptation to want to make big changes because we're seeing, you know, we're in a different environment. We've got all these headwinds with higher inflation, higher borrowing costs, um, stocks that, you know, some are not doing as well as they were doing tech stocks and all of the whole environment being so um, dynamic and different than two years ago. And so I put myself in the middle of that and I say, for planning purposes, you know, don't make the big wide sweeping changes in reaction to all of this. Look for the opportunities that are smaller to make adjustments little by little, um, whether it's to your portfolio or whether it's to your planning. I mean, you know, there's good news. I mean, even with all of the um, lower stock prices, the bright spot is for people planning for retirement or people in retirement, you know, there's a couple of bright spots on the horizon. I mean, we've got the social security, if you care about social security and it means something to you, it's um, going to be rising 8.7% um, in 2023, which is the largest increase what, since like 1981. Um, Congress is sitting on legislation right now from the SECURE Act that, and they're running out of time to pass this before the end of the year, but this would lower, um, I mean, increase, I should say, the, the age um, that retirees have to start taking their uh, required minimum minimum uh, distribution. What age? What so age the are they age, talking about? The age will increase to seventy five. It might be seventy five. Yeah, but it could be a gradual increase depending upon the legislation that gets finalized. But those are a couple of really good bright spots, along with the fact that now the contributions you can make in two thousand twenty three on your retirement accounts will be higher. So for 401k and at-work plans, 457s, 403bs, it goes from 20500 to 22500 plus the 7500 in additional for the catch-up for those who are over 50. And for IRA accounts, uh, IRA account limits are also going to increase from 6000 where they were, to 6500 in 2023, plus an extra 1000 in additional uh, catch-up. Uh, contributions if you're over 50. So I do suggest coordinating your investment strategies for 2023 with your financial planning and your cash flow needs, especially if you're getting close to retirement, with a fiduciary fee-only advisor who works only for you, who's capable of really truly delivering dynamic planning and an investment strategy. And where do we find someone like that, Pam? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I created wealthramp.com. I'm willing to put myself out there on the line and connect individuals who are looking for vetted financial advisors. And by the way, I'm not the person to say that you need an advisor. Lots of people do this all themselves and they do it really well. But if you decide you want to talk and collaborate with Eric or an advisor, you come to me. I'm the gatekeeper. And, and it, well, a service like that must be expensive. <laughs> For you, Stacy. I'm well, starting to think. I'm starting to think that Pam and Eric should be paying us to be on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm voluntarily being their shill. They're, okay, that's right. They're not. They're not, they're not paying for this. We are not getting a kickback. We just love them, and we're Pam happy. Pam service here is free, folks. Share. That's the deal. Wellframp.com. Yeah, well, I don't. Okay. I don't charge people to use Wellframp. I do want Eric to pay me a referral fee if and when he. Uh, basically solidifies a relationship with a client, which usually is like three to four months it takes to get paid. 
and then he owes me a referral fee and it's the honor system. Eric has to pay me because he wants to. I don't have any way to collect the fee. Oh, I didn't know there was an honor system. Let well, me tell I'm you gonna, about referral code. <laughs> I, I promise to pay you also then. Um, so uh, I'm afraid we are out of time, folks. We are never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, well, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is mirandamarquit.com. You want to visit Pam at her website, Wealth Ramp. And Eric, Eric, let's promote your podcast. What's it called? RetirementLifestyleShow.com. RetirementLifestyleShow.com. Oh, I didn't know it was a URL. Okay, anyway, so we'll, we'll have a link to all this stuff in our, on our show notes. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you like what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds. Helps us, and our moms will like it. So if you like us, please show us and subscribe. I'm Stacey Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Eric Olson. And I'm Pam Kruger. Oh, my God, that was awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. We're going to see you right here next time. 